Welcome to Green Energy Videos. My name is Simon Duncan and I'm the creator of Green Energy Videos. Green Energy Videos is an online video communications company focused specifically on renewable energy and sustainability. Today I am in Canberra, Australia at the Australian National University. Uh, I have with me today Marnie Shaw, Dr. Marnie Shaw, and we are talking batteries. Uh, Dr. Marnie Shaw is a senior research fellow in the School of Engineering and Research, a leader in the Battery Storage and Grid Integration Program at the ANU. Welcome, Marnie. Thank you very much, Simon. Our first question is, can you tell me what is the Battery Storage and Grid Integration Program at the ANU? So we are a research program and um, we sit within the School of Engineering at the ANU and we also have a partnership with the School of Chemistry mm -hmm. and we work really closely with industry. So we have a lot of industry partners, so a bit unusual for research Yeah, in academia uh, yeah. and that way to have that partnership. What, just yeah. very quickly, what are one of the benefits of working with industry? It's a bit rhetorical. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, so it really helps us to understand what is needed of the technology that we're developing. Um, so, yeah, otherwise we'd be working in a silo and developing technology that isn't, you know, built for purpose. But it's really we need to understand exactly what are the problems that need to be solved. And how long has this program been in progress at the ANU? So we haven't been around for that long, probably uh, four years, but we've grown really quickly. We have... Um, now around 40 staff, uh, so it's academics, um, students, and we also have a software team. So very multidisciplinary. Yeah. Very multidisciplinary. So we have um, obviously engineers, but we also work really closely with a social research team. And that's that really defines our research, I think, that we, we have this multidisciplinary approach where we consider um, the development of technology from a very holistic perspective. So taking into account not just the technology, not just the economics, but really importantly also the social aspects and environmental aspects. Wow, okay. So you've yeah. got a um, you've bitten up quite a lot to chew there, haven't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it is um, complex, but we have an amazing team of researchers. So we've we've done some really nice work so far and We've, we've got a, a, a lot on our plate to come, but we, we're all very enthusiastic to well, that's good, face the I've, challenge. I've got a question later on about some of your uh, applied real-world examples of it. Mm -hmm. But let's just start off with, I'm going to say, energy story, it's essential. It's a bit obvious, but why? So as we transition our energy system to be um, powered by renewable energy, we, we need energy storage for a few different reasons. One is to balance out the load and generation um, because renewables are variable, so we, we, they're not um, on supply all the time. So the, the storage gives us a steady and reliable supply of energy. And we also need the services that energy storage can supply to support the grid as we move forward. Some of the, the services that coal power plants used to provide are now um, shown to be provided extremely well by energy storage. Oh, wow. And, yeah. the, and it's kind of also with energy storage, or and particularly batteries, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's a very evolving kind of um, industry in the sense of volume kind of capacity. and Exactly. I mean, we know that we need energy storage. What um, 
the questions that we're facing are what kind of energy storage and what mix do we need moving forward, how much we need. So, And we know that we need energy storage across the whole energy system. So we need grid-scale batteries, we need household batteries, and we also need neighbourhood-scale batteries. Wow, that's a great yeah. lead-in to what we'll be talking yeah. about, that different batteries there. Let's go on to the, the last one you mentioned there, neighbourhood-scale batteries. Okay, what is that? Yeah, so that is a new idea in battery storage and essentially it's it's a normal battery um, but much bigger than a household battery. So something like 10 to 100 times bigger and the idea is that it's a shared energy storage between houses, for example, in a suburb. So what it would look like is like a small shipping container that would sit in, for example, green space in your suburb um, and it's designed to be uh, shared between around 10 to 100 houses. Okay. So let's just kind of picture that. We've got a, um, a standard suburb or regional area in Victoria. Homes, a uh, percentage of homes have solar and battery. So we say that's behind the meter. That's okay. right. Yep. And then in addition, in the small community, we'll keep it small, you throw in a neighbourhood battery. Yeah. Uh, can you give an example of how it kind of uh, might work? Yeah, so it's essentially um, providing an extra way to soak up all of that excess solar energy that households are generating. So um, as you probably know, in Australia, we are the world leader in terms of rooftop solar generation. We have the highest per capita rate in the world, which is really fantastic. But we need a way to store that solar energy that we generate during the day for use in the evening. So the idea is that um, batteries of this scale might do a better job of storing more of that solar energy so we can use it in the evening. Yeah, so a classic one like um, during the day, a lot of sun in Australia, so um, solar panels are kind of doing their stuff, um, also feeding into the grid uh, with a battery either behind the meter battery at home or a neighbourhood, that's kind of, correct me if I'm right, topping up like a um, glass of water mm-hmm. and that and then kind of can be used uh, either in the evening or when the community needs it, correct? Exactly. I, I mean, one really important thing about neighbourhood scale batteries is that it's an energy storage service that would be available to everyone. So at the moment, household batteries are really only available to um, you know people who can afford the upfront costs, people who have their own house, have space to install the battery, can maintain it, have the time to organise it all. Um, so it, it locks a lot of people out of that kind of energy storage. So What's really attractive about the idea of having shared storage is that it's available to everyone, whether you own your house or you live in an apartment um, and whether you can afford it or not. Yeah, so you've got kind of, um, well, for example, people who are renting, okay, yep. um, the initiative might be there for landlords to put solar panels on there, but, you know, the renter won't be able to do that. Um, also, maybe in social housing or low-cost areas where people just, like you said, financially would not have the capital. Exactly, yeah, yeah. So that's why there's a lot of interest in this kind of battery storage. Um, Interestingly, recently Energy Consumers Australia put out a survey to Australians to ask about their opinion of this type of storage, so like a community battery, and they found three-quarters of people thought it was a good idea. Wow, that's quite fascinating. Yeah, it's a lot. And, And up to half of the people surveyed 
um, thought that it should receive government subsidies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh, that that kind of makes sense. I'm quite surprised about that because you know mm. um, maybe it's another thing of uh, an educational thing of telling the community what the what the services this battery can do and, and yeah, the cost exactly. of it. And that yeah. Way, so. yeah. You've mentioned also um, in my notes here that uh, there's a link with household, what households and communities want. Yeah. So this How is. How do we go down that? Yeah, this is really Rabbit interesting. <laughs> yeah. um, so here I'm very, very lucky to work with my colleague, Hedda Ranson Cooper, who's a social researcher. And I personally have learned a lot about this topic. So when, when we started on this a few years ago, um, we looked at the really obvious benefits of neighbourhood scale batteries, things like um, increased efficiency, you know, you need less battery per household, so it's going to be cheaper, um, the the services that the battery can provide for the grid support. But what um, we've seen over time over the last few years is just really a staggering amount of interest in this type of battery storage from communities, from everyday householders. And, um, you know, you have to wonder why is there so much interest in this? Uh, so the research that we've done in this space shows that people really see neighbourhood scale batteries as a way that they can be involved in the energy transition. Um, so what what we now understand is that people don't just care about the cost that they're paying for electricity. They care about how the energy transition is unfolding, that we de- decarbonise the energy system as quickly as possible. Um, and really importantly, people want to understand uh, the new technology that's being rolled out. So they want transparency um, so they can see who is going to benefit from the technology as it's rolled out. So I think that this type of technology really aligns with those values that communities are seeking, really engagement and transparency in understanding the energy transition. Because you said uh, a lot of interesting points there, but one that sparked off is Transparency, but also kind of ownership or being involved. Traditionally, we've got an energy provider who's an entity out there and we yep. get billed from them each month or something and we have no real input or say. That's right. Um, so here I would explain why we use the term neighbourhood scale battery because um, not all neighbourhood scale batteries are community batteries in our view. So if it's a community battery, then there has to be some involvement by the community. Um, What we will see moving forward is that some of the batteries will have a lot of community involvement and some won't. So... Well, I read into that as as a positive. That's the flexibility. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and that's right. That that is what is um, potentially so attractive about this is that the models that are that are rolled out in different communities will look different. You know, like say if, if there's a neighbourhood scale battery in the city of um, in the middle of Sydney, then that will look quite different to one that's that's installed down on the coast because the communities have different um, requirements. So in the city you have a pretty reliable electricity service, so you might be wanting to really prioritise decarbonisation in your suburb. But on the suburb and and especially the towns that I speak to that are in more rural communities, they really care a lot about um, having a reliable 
electricity service moving forward in the face of um, extreme weather events to do with climate change. Mm. So say with bushfires and, and floods, for example. So that that is really high on their list of priorities. So though, you know, obviously the, the battery installed in those regional areas will be owned and operated differently to the battery that's installed in the city. Yeah, that's a really good point because I've done a fair bit of work up in the northeast of Victoria in regional communities there. Mm-hmm. And they are small, um, you know, and they have different needs and uh, and different voices in this way. And also just kind of um, of, of a secure electricity supply. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, down the the road, we can see that the the batteries could be used in a in a microgrid situation where you can be islanded from the grid um, if the electricity goes down and keep the essential services running. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a high priority for these towns. That word islandability. Mm-hmm. Okay, tell me if I understand this correctly. It's not for the town to kind of cut off from the grid. It's just to kind of as resilience in the case of the, let's look at regional country towns, mm-hmm. in case of something with energy supply, by the means, goes off, that exactly, they yep. can still function. Yes. So that has um, now been trialled in the Victorian town of Malakuda. Do you know Malakuda? No, no. Uh, it's on the coast okay. um, mm-hmm. in the eastern part of Victoria. And they have um, backup battery service now that can be islanded and they've, they've used that a few times when the electricity grid has gone down. The connection out to there is a long, thin connection. Mm-hmm. Um, and until now, you know, often they had issues with secure electricity supply. Yes, because for the big cities in Australia, it's, um, it's a rarity that that kind of happens. But exactly. for a large percentage of the population in regional Australia, these are really kind of crucial Exactly, and um, particularly moving forward into the future. So we we are with climate change. We will have extreme weather that will often cause issues um, with the grid unless we make sure that we um, build it to be more resilient into the future. Good. Another kind of still with enabled uh, batteries. This connection with industry, government. And retailers or regulators, why is that, is that important? What's the kind of... Um... Yeah, so here's where it becomes a bit complex. Mm-hmm. Um, so the battery um, is paid for the services that it provides okay. um, and that is dependent on our current market system, which is governed by regulators. So when we think about how best to roll out this kind of technology into the future, we need to work closely with regulators to make sure that the technology isn't disincentivized um, and it, and it's feasible to operate it into the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because again, working with these uh, sectors of industry, of regulators, kind of also understanding their needs... Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, I mean, particularly with industries, so the, the network operators obviously are best placed to understand where the batteries should be placed to provide the best network services. So they are completely crucial moving forward and we have to, every battery will have to have a partnership with the network to make sure that the battery provides um, the best network services that it can provide. Um, so we we will work closely to understand um, 
from our industry partners exactly how we should set up those relationships moving forward. This That's new territory um, and uh, it's unclear at the moment how best to set up those partnerships. And just kind of one support for those partnerships. It's an incredibly complex system. It's very complex. <laughs> yeah, and, and to kind of have it have it right over a period of time needs kind of many players' voices coming into the into the mix. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So the the batteries can provide something like ten different services. So you know, for our households, then we provide the backup energy. That's pretty straightforward. But they are also being used to provide all of these other network services and some of them at the moment they can be paid for and some don't yet have um, a revenue stream to support them even though they're so good at providing that service and also uh, correct me if i'm wrong but batteries i'm going to say are a relatively mature technology that's right so so the technology is kind of the easy part Mm. um i would say the social is the hard part for sure um Everything about the energy transition depends on social license and making sure that we develop technology that people want, um, especially because the energy system is becoming decentralised. So uh, really we are the ones producing the electricity of the future on our rooftops. So, of course, we want to have a say in how that electricity is managed. Um, So as we move to the decentralised system, um, we need to make sure that People are happy with the technology that's rolled out to support that. Excellent. Just coming to kind of a wrap-up here, just you've mentioned at the beginning or was it about some of the trials that you've done. You mentioned Malakuta. Uh, that's not us. No? So, okay. Um, that's can, you there. T- can, you, no. <laughs> can you tell me about, well, pick one yep. of the trials you've done yep. and kind of uh, – what you learned, what was it what was it like going in, what were assumptions or goals or yep. you... So one of the trials that we're involved in is being led by a non profit in Melbourne called the Yarra Energy Foundation. And we are a research partner on that project. And um what we realized pretty early on was that there wasn't any software available off the shelf to operate the batteries. So we have developed software that will be used in that battery trial, which will be installed soon in Melbourne, um, which is really exciting for us to see our research being rolled out in the real world. So this is actually academia putting an applied into place. Exactly. Um, And what's the time frame on that? Uh, Has it started or when will it start? So they're um, just – finishing off the business modelling and it will be installed uh, sometime in 2022. Mm-hmm. Um, that battery will be in North Fitzroy in Melbourne uh, and it's really envisaged to be the first of a whole network of neighbourhood scale batteries. So we're doing a lot of work um, supporting the development of the best um, business model moving forward. Um, setting up all of these partnerships that we discussed earlier with the retailers, with the network and so on. Um, And we know that we will learn a lot from this project about how to really scale up this um, technology so that we see a lot more neighbourhood scale batteries being rolled out in the future. Yeah, that sounds like a a very exciting kind of a project and um, over a period of time collecting data, collecting, you know, 
yeah. information on, on on how it's uh, working, how it's delivering, and equally so with the social equity aspect of kind of communities, what their kind of feedback is from that. Yeah, exactly. So two things. One, I should mention that that project has received funding from the Victorian government, um, the Department of – oh, I've forgotten what the department's called – Maybe you can just cut okay. that bit up. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're going to leave that one in. <laughs> um, so the the Victorian government have an excellent uh, initiative called the Neighbourhood Battery Initiative, and um, we are research partners on that initiative. Uh, and the Yarra Energy Battery has received funding from that program. So aside from funding from a state or federal level, what other kind of uh, things do we want or need from our state politicians and our federal governments? Can I just go back to answer the second part yep. of the other one? Oh, sorry. Um, about the social aspect. Yep, no, yeah, yep. so a really interesting aspect of that Yarra Energy Project is that they have um, opened up to community co-funding, a community co-investment scheme, um, which is the first of its kind in the world. Um, so that's a really nice way for the community to be involved. Yeah. That's that's kind of really very interesting just because that for me would mean that the challenge of, you were, used the word before, of the business model in yep. that way, mm -hmm. it's something that is in a way not really out there that is kind of uh, being discovered and created during this project. Would that be... Yeah, they're just trying to work out how to yeah. make it stick up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. So it's not like just a, taking a template form of a kind of a traditional business model. Uh, no, um, it's completely new territory. Wow. Stay tuned yeah. on that one. That sounds really um, interesting and exciting. So, yes, to my kind of either state or federal, from a political, what do we need? Um, what can they give us? Is it just kind of very clear policy? You mentioned funding, of course. Yep. Um, but um, what from your perspective? Yeah, so I mentioned the um, program from the Victorian government and that is really well designed because it's supporting both research uh, as well as real-life projects. And some of the projects are projects that are being rolled out this year, um, but uh, around 10 of the projects are feasibility studies all around Victoria. Uh, so that really provides very important learnings about what different business models are likely to work and ownership models, importantly. Excellent. Well, uh, for listeners out there, there will be in, I think, February 19th in Beechworth, there will be a battery fever day where our uh, guest will be speaking along with other people. And in, uh, what will be added to this is a question and answer. So please, if you're in the region of Northeast Victoria, come along to that day, um, listen, um, ask questions. Uh, no question is uh, stupid uh, in that way because mm -hmm. we're, we're all on this big learning curve. So I'd like to say thank you very much for today. Very welcome. Take care. Thank you. Thank you.